Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Volrath Feed. This is the show where you find out everything you didn't know about the world of commercial food service. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, product trainer and chef at the Volrath Company. And also, as always, we're joined by our co-host and producer, Justin Pearson. Justin, how are you? Hey, I'm doing really well today. We are hitting the final stretch of the year, and we've got holidays coming up, and, you know, this is... Uh, I'm ready for it more than other years, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. I hear you. Uh, it's something to look forward to in this time though. Right. I think, you know, these, in some ways it's, it's still, it's coming. It's going to be somewhat still, I guess, Christmas time, but not quite the same. I don't know how to feel. I guess it's a weird thing. You're right. right. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is, is like, we've all known for a while how, how uh, the holidays are coming sooner and sooner with people putting up decorations, running sales, and then you see stuff being advertised in stores around Halloween, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then and then this year in particular, I, I've noticed a lot more people putting decorations up way earlier than... <laughs> and maybe, maybe it's just... It's one of those multi, point, but, multitasking that they're doing now, working from home, right? Yeah, you have a lot more opportunity to take advantage of nicer <laughs> weather. When, you know, when, well, that's true. Uh, but, yeah, I think people just... They wanted to get to this sooner than than previous years, so yeah. you know, you bring a little bit extra joy to the lives. It's a happy time of year for yeah. many people, and yeah, that's. I guess that's but, what I kind of meant. It it's, it does still bring some joy. People take yeah. pride, pleasure, get gain joy from decorating their their homes. And whatnot, yeah, but right? I will never, ever decorate before Thanksgiving. Sorry, Ooh. not gonna do it. It's just that's how that's how I am, and. Uh, there will never be a tree that goes up before Thanksgiving. It's just it feels feels wrong to me. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> I appreciate that because I'm I'm one that every year as, as it gets early and earlier, shake my head and think why why does it have to? But anyway. Well, I mean, it'll just get to the point where we just leave them up. Yeah. Know, and... <laughs> yeah. So a big part of the holidays, as we say, is, is food. Right. It's such a big part. But there's one item, one food item. If you were to think about the holidays, it comes up more in jokes than it does on anyone's <laughs> dinner table. The fruitcake, uh, right? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Do you like fruitcake? <laughs> I firmly believe that there is a fruitcake out there that I would enjoy. I've got I'm, I, I, You do? I've got it. Okay. I have the fruitcake. Now, here's a fun fact. Back when I was working in the restaurant, you know, a young guy starting out, a lot of energy, I wanted to make a couple extra bucks. So mm. I actually sold fruitcakes to, <laughs> yes, I did, to uh, butcher shops, bars, restaurants, grocery stores. And you made money I doing did. this. I did. And huh. my sales pitch was I'd take one in, I'd slice a piece off, and I'd give it to people. And they loved it. They really did. And then they would then encourage others to buy it because they liked it. It was, it is a, to this day, I still buy them and keep them in my freezer. And I have fruitcake available. Uh, it is an, a fabulous fruitcake. I'm going to get one, and I will okay. I will let you try it. And we will we will do this. We'll do a recap on this uh, a future show. Okay. The recap of the fruitcake, but it'll be interesting to hear from Gail if if uh, being a pastry chef, if she appreciates fruitcake and if she's got a good recipe. If not, I will share with her my source, and okay. it is the best one. And I have been buying them yearly, I believe yearly from. Oh man, this must be from the early '90s. I, I'm 
I put my trust in you <laughs> that, yeah, because whenever I think of fruitcake, I, you just think of the horrible experiences, the gelatinous blobs, yeah. you know, suspended I in know. time and space. And yeah, it's just everyone's favorite uh, doorstopper. Yeah. A miserable experience all around, you know, and it's and then for you to be a salesman of it, you know, it, it, it really speaks to the, the quality of the product because, you know, that's I would think that's a hard pitch to cut even to get through the door. Like, you know, hi, how you doing? I've got some fruitcake for you. Door slam. <laughs> so here's the thing. If you like it, we're going to have to have some kind of a little side bet on this one, I think somehow. Um, okay. Well, no, okay. wait a minute. How, how can I do this? Because you could just say no, but you got to be honest. I'll, I'll be honest. Right. Like, you come on. You know, it's like uh, all right. I won't compromise my own personal integrity over. For all me. right, then we'll do something. <laughs> we we got to figure this out because I given it to young kids and they like it. Well, you know, kids don't know anything. Well, and it's got brandy, rum, <laughs> whiskey. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got all it's, the good stuff. It's like stuff. a bedtime treat. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's got all the good stuff in it. Let me tell you. So, uh, you know, I was thinking about the show today, and uh, we've had many guests that yeah. we've always said, what a great time we've had with them and so forth, and then we could do a second show with. But today we're lucky enough to have one on our show again. Chef Gail Gand um, yeah. will be with us today. And I remember last time we had a really great time. She's just fun to talk to, easy to talk to. She gave us some great tips. So I'm really pumped to have her on the show again today. Well, yeah, me too. I mean, she's she's such a pro. I mean, she's been in the business for a very long time, and but the nice thing is, is she's just so natural at it. Mm -hmm. It's just just an absolute pleasure to talk with her, and a wealth of knowledge. And she's an absolute rock star in in the pastry world. Oh, for for sure. I mean, she's like the she's the Aaron Rodgers of pastry. I think right. It's like oh, yeah, yeah. If Aaron Rodgers walks into a bar in Wisconsin, everybody is going to know that's oh, her. Yeah. It, actually, he go a lot but if you talk about serena williams walks into a yeah. tennis club yeah. right in the pastry world she is a heavy hitter and they know her beyond that as well but i mean in that in that world she is she's a big time she's big time you know that's one of those things i was going to mention on one of the shows again here is to everyone if you listening for the first time or you missed gail's episode you can always go back and look at some of the past episodes, and I think you'll find them all interesting. If you haven't listened to them, I think every one we've done, and this is, isn't a ploy to increase listenership, but I really think every guest we've had has been just a lot of fun to talk to, very interesting, hearing their stories, hearing what they're doing. Some of the people are doing some really great things during this time right. to help people. I, I'd encourage everyone to go back and listen to them. And the quotes, I think that's another thing I mm -hmm. I really find, um, you know, we we – Leave a guest, and then we sit. And I think, and sometimes about the quote, and that that just is another really enjoyable part for me is hearing the quotes and the stories of, of people when they give them to us. With all that, there's there's useful information in there too. There's tips and tricks that they share that you're like, wow, I never would have thought about that, and or I never would have came across that on YouTube or TikTok or anything like that. You know, there's there's valuable information in there that uh, they could and should and probably do charge for another platform so yeah highly recommend that you go back and listen to some of our previous episodes in particular gail gans episode uh, because we talked about her history and where she's been where she's going so that allows us some room on this time to have a little bit more fun and you know we're going to be talking about some 
some holiday themes and we even have uh, a recipe coming up that she's going to be sharing an exclusive right. recipe for it. Okay, Justin. Well, what do you say we bring our guest on the show for today? And to remind everyone, today we have Chef Gil Gand, author, TV personality, James Beard Award, multi James Beard yeah. Award winner, overall pastry rock star with us again. Gail, <laughs> welcome to the Valrath Feed. Love How are being, you today? Love being called a rock star. You are. <laughs> Thank you. In the, you are. We were talking earlier in pastry. You you are. You're the big hitter. You're like the Michael Jordan or the Aaron Rodgers in pastry. Well, there was actually a review of my restaurant, True, my fancy pants dining, fine dining restaurant, fancy and, it, pants. and it called me the Michael Jordan of pastry, which oh. I was. I kept saying, like, see, guys, I told you I was a tall black guy trapped in a short white girl's body, <laughs> and. When Michael Jordan came into True for dinner, I had to go over and tell him, like, so does anyone say you're the Gail Gand of basketball? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, we, we used to have a softball team also. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, in the summer, we'd play softball at True. And I can't remember what Michael's number was, but that was my number on the back of my jersey was Michael Jordan's number. 23. Yeah, it's 23. 23. Well, real good. It's great to have you on the show again. And um, I think last time we we talked, we talked about um, Jessica. And we later had her on the show. And she was a really interesting guest, a lot of great stories. Um, That's got to make you feel good. She's just one of those people that you, uh, very early on, we talked about how that all happened. But um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was a different episode. Yeah, it, it, it was great. You know, she, we just ended up sitting back and and listening to to her stories, and yeah. we're like, number one, I'm just like, how have you not been like, you know, something horrible happened to you through all of your adventures? It's just like the universe really does catch you when you jump. <laughs> but she's just been so many great places, and and um, her her stories about Iceland were just absolutely engaging, and it was. It was so much fun. Yeah, she's so, so interesting. Jessica Dawson came to me when she was 14 years old. I didn't know she mm-hmm. was 14 when she was standing in front of me and said, you know, how, how can I work with you? Um, I found out because she started working with me and her mom always came with her. And I asked, like, why is your mom here for the demo? And she said, well, <laughs> I can't drive. So my mom, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, how old are you? So, yeah, she's been so interesting to spend time with. And I don't know if this happened after you spoke with her or we were already doing it, but we started a virtual cooking school together. Right. Um, right. I was going to ask you. It's called Kitchen Sisters Cooking School. And it's in response to quarantine and, you know, people not being able to go to classes in person. And the nice thing about having a virtual cooking school is Jess can be anywhere. So she can be Mm -hmm. wandering the country or the globe and still teach her classes. So we've been doing that for a few months now. Yeah, yeah, she did mention that and really, really uh, enjoyed it. And she Good. she enjoys you. You can tell the the appreciation and admiration that she has for you, and well placed, I might add. So it's just just amazing the the partnership that the two of you have have formed over the over the years, and uh, yeah. it's really great to see that. Yeah, I'm you know, and even though she's forty years younger than me, like she really helps me grow. She helps me expand my thoughts you know she's kind of free thinking and when the cooking school came up that was her idea she's like would you wanna i'm like if you'll 
fig, you know, figure out how to do it. Sure. Let's do a virtual cooking school. So, you know, a lot of times she's doing the logistics, but maybe I'm bringing the, you know, the, the crowd to the party. So it's a great relationship. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you getting anxious to get in front of people live again, or is the virtual still taking um, place of that a little bit for you? No, I, you know, I find it as pretty much as satisfying to teach virtually as in person. Having said that, um, because everyone's muted while I'm teaching, it's a little quiet for me. Um, so my mm -hmm. Facebook live classes that I do are, are a little more, they just feel better because I've got like comments flowing the whole time that I can read and react to. Um, mm -hmm. But having said that, I sort of love not having to load up my car with all my equipment and the ingredients. Like the schlep factor is gone. And first, yeah, and you know, I don't know how many years everyone spends in the kitchen, but you know, I've been cooking in kitchens for over 40 years and your knees go, you know, your back. I mean, yeah. we're, we're all physically a mess. So to cut out the physical part of teaching, you know, offsite is so great for me. I love it. And, and also my family gets the leftovers. So my husband wanders down afterwards, you know, after I've shushed them for two hours while I'm teaching and he's sort of looking around, he's like, was it a savory class or a sweet class? Cause he wants to know like, <laughs> is dinner happening from this or are we just having dessert? Um, so no, I'm, I'm fine. I really like it. I almost kind of worry when it's time to go back to in person, like, will I, you know? Uh, yeah. I've been thinking about that for a lot of things. And I, I, this has changed our world in so many different ways that we probably aren't even perceivable at this moment. But yeah, like who's actually going to go back now that we've proven that we can continue? <laughs> right. I mean, there's certainly, you know, things that are sacrificed. Like at my cooking classes, I usually give out tastes. So no, mm -hmm. if you want to taste, you have to cook along. But most people do cook along. Um but like right now, I'm in my PJs talking to you, you know, <laughs> not that I teach in my PJs, but like sometimes I don't have shoes on because I'm in my own kitchen. Um, so there's a, a level of convenience that so far I'm really liking. And we'll see if people, you know, want to be in person, though, when this is all over. Yeah, we'll we'll go back to some things and th some things we'll hold on to, I mean. It's difficult to, to give up uh, convenience and comfort in any fashion. Though there is sort of a funny like pen pal kind of thing. So through all these classes, I've met a lot of people and this community has been created. You know, there's Christopher and Matthew and John and they're all in my class and I've never met them. But I like oh. I've seen pictures of their kids and I know their uh -huh. schedule and I know so and so is going through a divorce. Like I know a lot of personal stuff about these people who show up online in my classes and someday like I'll be in New York and I'll meet some of them and it's going to be a funny moment where I'm like oh my god you're Greg look at you like <laughs> like you look just like your picture yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a good point I mean because because if you think about it when you go and do a live event you, you meet somebody and then from there it's extra work to connect it's just like, okay, uh, I'll have to reach out, text, email, social media, whatever. But it's an extra step. Whereas when you're meeting online, that's already taken care of. That's that's an interesting point you, you bring up there. It's like that connection is already there. It's already happening. Right. You just, that way it makes it easier to, to continue it on. You just, you know, physically have never seen each other. I, I don't 
I've never online dated, so maybe everybody's already kind of coped with this idea. But this is the first time <laughs> I've developed like pretty intense relationships with people who I've never met in person. I, I just finished writing a book proposal with a woman who lives in Paris. She's American, huh. but she's been living in Paris for 25 years. And we've been working intensely together for like the last four weeks writing this book proposal. And after we were done, I said, you know, someday we're going to meet in a cafe in Paris. And I'm not going to know which of the eight people sitting by themselves at a table is you because I don't know what she looks <laughs> like even. And uh, she's like, well, I know I know what you look like. So I'll, you know, I'll stand up when I see you walk in. But, <laughs> you know, these really like intense things I've done with people who I've never met and can't right now and have to just sort of, right. you know, use the mantra, we'll do that next year. You know, that's, mm. that's been a lot of, uh, you know, can we, well, we'll do that next year. So next year I will meet this woman who I wrote a book with or a book proposal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with, without a pandemic, do you think you would have ever uh, have met this woman? No. Or any of these people? No, that's, that's the like weird, you know, upside. I don't want to say like, oh, it's been a plus, but I think that we've, you know, found ways to rise to the occasion and learned a lot about how to take care of ourselves, what we need, what I need. Um, mm -hmm. So no, uh, you know, this has opened up who I'm connected with. We do have to grab whatever positivity we can out of out of this time um, and then also not feel bad about experiencing positive things during such a negative time. You know, it's, mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's an interesting idea. Through. Like survivor guilt. You don't want to feel too guilty. Right. Well, well it's funny. You know, <laughs> yeah. pe people will ask, like, how are you doing, you know, during quarantine with this very serious? And I know the right answer is like, this sucks. And I, you know, I'm hating it. But yeah. I'm actually weirdly fine. And you can see I, I, I'm even hesitant to admit it. Like I'm super busy, especially during the holiday season. Mm -hmm. I have a class probably every day. Tonight I'm teaching a holiday desserts class. Last night I was like hired by a church group to teach 20 women. Um, we did orange skillet cake and pea and garlic hummus together online, you know, on Zoom. Um, so I'm super mm -hmm. active and I'll do a couple pop-ups probably during the month of merch, you know, out of the back of my car or porch pickups, but I've been able to adapt to, um, you know, pulling it all inside. It's, it's been okay for me. So like during the holidays, you're talking about how busy you are. How do you, how do you help keep that holiday spirit up amongst your staff? I mean, the hours you're putting in and, uh, it's a lot of hard work, the food service industry right now, everybody is, you know, trying to do as much as they can to get things ready. I mean, do you, naturally have that holiday spirit in you all the time? Is it easy to keep that up with your staff? Or I think it is. You know, I was raised by a musician. Um, my dad was a folk singer and a jazz trumpet player, and he had a music store. So we were in retail as I grew up, and I taught guitar at his store. So December was like the month you made your sales. So we, mm -hmm. you know, we were selling gift cards. We were, you know, offering to bring guitars to people's houses if they couldn't come pick them up. And I remember New Year's Eve, we were literally driving from house to house to collect money from people who had bought stuff, but they had, you know, put it on layaway or hadn't paid for it yet. So I am very sort of December slash retail oriented to take advantage of what, you know, this holiday season is for others. 
I've always been in the entertainment business, whether I was a musician or a chef. So I feel like our job, and I, and I love that this is my job, our job is to help other people celebrate. As a pastry chef, you know, that could be all year round because it's weddings and birthdays and, you know, cakes that mark moments and help you stop time and just focus on something you're celebrating. But December's like a whole month of that. So I, you know, I sort of naturally want to help people celebrate. Um, so I think it's just kind of my nature and I get excited. It's like, Ooh, I've got an extra hour. Let's make another batch of salted caramel sauce. Cause I'm going to be, you know, selling it for porch pickups or whatever. Um, so I think I'm able to keep an upbeat environment for my staff and, uh, and also, you know, stop for a moment and have some tea and give them time to do what they need to do to feel connected to their family. There's a lot of chefs who kind of, you know, won't give you the day off or, um, don't understand the family obligations that come with being in a family. And I think I'm one of the more understanding chefs that you know, if you've got some family tradition of like you're doing the Feast of the Seven Fishes Christmas Eve and you just have to be there with your family because they're Italian and it's what they do, you know, we'll figure out a way to, to do that. Because that's sort of the trick is sort of the balance, you know, being in this industry that's all consuming mm. and separates you from the ones you love and everyone else feels left out because you're just focused and obsessed and happy, you know, in your little crazy world, but let's figure out the few things you need to do to stay connected to the outside world. So they don't abandon you, you know, or stop inviting you to stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, it's for so many people, it is a time of year of uh, relaxation, leisure and spending with family on the flip side of that coin though, there's so many other people that it's their go time and yeah. you know, there is no break. And it, there, there has to be this this yin and yang, yeah, for sure. Right. And um, I think a lot of people forget about that. That there's there's people who, honestly, probably dread this time of year because of the <laughs> amount that's required from them. <laughs> I try to carve out a couple days, like sort of at the end of all of it. Um, you know, New Year's Eve was always a really like that's your biggest night in the restaurant business, revenue wise. Mm. Um, so I think I've been, I've got sort of like muscle memory for you know after midnight on new year's eve like we exhale and that's the marathon you know the month of december <laughs> that's when we get to exhale because and like i said my dad was a musician yes. so we were always like playing at parties we were always you know making the party not going yeah. to the party so i think january 1st is sort of you know that's the the day i'm clawing towards <laughs> like if i could just get to january 1st <laughs> that's all i have to do yeah but I enjoy it. I mean, think about pastry chef at the holidays. Valentine's Day is big too, but like December, you know, it's like gingerbread houses. And there's just so many great cooking traditions that I get yeah. to dabble in. Um, I'm like tonight in my class, I'm doing a king's cake. You know, it's a pativier basically. So it's puff pastry with an almond cream filling. And you hide that little charm inside of it. And it's a good luck charm. It's mm -hmm. part of, it's sometimes it's called an epiphany cake or it's, you know, for 12th night. Mm -hmm. So there's all these great desserts that are part of what helps us feel connected to the traditions of the holidays. Gail, we have been uh, excited to have you back on the show. And it, because it's during the holidays, we thought it would be fun to hear a little bit 
of a holiday fast five with you. Get a little insight into some things with you. So if you don't mind, with just a couple, you know how fast fives work. We'll give you a question and just give us your first reaction to the question. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. All right. First question. Eggnog, hot chocolate, or hot toddy? Oh, eggnog. Which was eggnog. <laughs> All right. Uh, leaded or unleaded? <laughs> leaded. All right. <laughs> Favorite holiday movie? Oh, it's a wonderful life. Ah, one of mine. Classic. All right. And there this there will be no follow-up to this question. Are you on the naughty or nice list in 2020? Oh, nice. I've done so much for others. <laughs> Good, because I, I lied. There would have been a follow-up question on that. In a non-COVID year, early morning on Black Friday, in bed or in line? In bed, not caring. I'm not a shopper. No? No. All uh-uh. right. I'm with you there. Uh-uh. Not my thing. Grocery shopper, Lastly, yes. But, you know, I, shop, I yeah, shop for yeah. groceries, but that's all. Lastly, fruitcake or <gasps> no cake? You know that about me. No cake. I, you know, I'll go into a restaurant and they'll say any dietary restrictions or you know allergies we should know about, and I always respond no fruit cake, and they're like what what? I'm like I don't eat fruit cake. So you can send me anything except fruit cake, which the result of that is everyone brings me fruit cake, trying to prove to me that their mom's yeah. recipe. You know, Steve McDonough is always like, but my fruit cake is so good, and you know, so people. Give me it, thinking they'll like convert me or something. It's awful. I hate it. Uh, what's the biggest thing? What's uh, about fruitcake? Is it the all the junk in it, or is it the bread? I mean, what, what, what's the awkward? Yeah, it's not the fruit salad. It's the mayonnaise that brings it all together. So it's the that, and I had to make it for you know I lived in England for three years, so I had to make gigantic batches of fruitcake. When Rick and I lived at Stepford Park Hotel, which is like Danton Abbey, you know, we'd have to make like mince pies for the hunt and, you know, fruitcakes. And you have to start the month in advance and soak, you know, you wrap them in cheesecloth and soak them in booze. And I just, the cake part with the booze soak, it just don't love it. I mean that, you know, the green and red cherries too, that's uh, the second most hated thing there. (laughs) Having said that. And I know it's supposed to be a fast five, but um... no, no, it was done. That was the last question. That was that was the wrap up. <laughs> just, but it was the transition ranting. to this. Ranting. That was to get to this. Ranting about fruit this, cake. This is so. There's a, a cookie that came out a couple years ago. It's a fruit cake shortbread. I don't know if you've seen it. I think it was a Martha thing, and it's very mm. pretty. So it's a shortbread dough. It's pretty with all the fruit from fruit cake. Um, sprinkled in it, rolled into a roll, and then you cut, you slice the shortbread off, mm-hmm. and it's like a mosaic. It's like a stained glass window, and it's very pretty. And I'm actually doing them this year for the cookie collection I'm doing with Sarah Stegner at um, Prairie Grass. So in a cookie, I'm okay with it, but in it's that cake. It's that cake. Sorry. <laughs> so you mentioned that people bring different ones to you to try. Mm-hmm. Do you recall if you've ever now in the beginning of the show I talked about a time in my life where I sold fruitcakes. <gasps> I was trying to make a little extra money and there was a brand that even young people love. And I love it to this day. See, here it goes. And I could go into any place. You're trying you're trying to convince I could me. Go in, I know. You're trying to shame me. Well, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I'm really genuinely just yeah. I love this cake so much, I believe in it. So I wanna what, would you be offended if I sent See, you one? See, this is what happens. 
technology. <laughs> no, I won't. Okay, here's what I I'll do. I won't be offended. I'll g- I'm going to give it. To, I'm going to give it to Justin. He doesn't like fruitcake, and if he likes it, yeah. I'm going to send I, you one. You can send it to me, but you have to be okay with the fact that it may just end up being a doorstop. Okay, that's okay. And that <laughs> that's exactly what we that, said in the in the intro. That was when I. That was sort of my first fruitcake. I remember Rick Tremonto, my ex-husband, when we were married and we had trio, his mom sent us a fruitcake. You know, just like a, <laughs> what's that sausage company? I don't even know. You know, they make like cheese and sausages and fruitcakes. So it like came in the mail and I took one look at it and I thought it was funny. I brought it to work and I put it in front of the door of my pastry kitchen as a doorstop. And I remember Rick was like so mad at me and, and I just, I thought it was funny. He still doesn't think it was funny. <laughs> but, so it may just be oh, used as right. a doorstop, but all send right. away. I'm in the same camp, you know, like I've never had a good one. And it it it, 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 it gets me to the point where I get angry at them. Rich has told <laughs> Justin, me. Justin, you have like, no choice. You have to eat it. Gil, I, I know. I, I'm, try, I'm I know. trying it. But but I, I could be like a filter for you if and I'm I'm my- not a fan never have been and if I say to you Gail like you know it wasn't terrible that's, terrib- that's the criteria that's what we're going for that's it I think that's being generous <laughs> I have some guilt about it because I'm an Anglophile I lived in England I love the royal family. You know, I watch the crown <laughs> um, and over in England, that cake is not only just for Christmas, but that's a wedding cake. That's what, you know, over here, sometimes it's a groom's cake, but over there, it's the traditional wedding cake. So like one time I was on Oprah and I was being the food stylist for, um, I'm trying to remember his name, was it Bruce Burrell? He was like Lady Di's right-hand guy who threw parties for her kids and he was on book tour. And he needed someone to food style um, the cakes that he had in his book. And he traveled with a piece of fruitcake from Diana's wedding. Because as a gift, as you leave a, a royal wedding and weddings in England in general, they give you a little box and inside is a slice of the cake. And you're supposed to keep, wow. like keep it for effing ever. So he had a piece <laughs> of and there's, you know, there's like pieces of cake from Queen Victoria's wedding that are, you know, at the, like at the um, Victoria Museum. and Albert Museum. Yeah. Like, so it's this great tradition, you know, and there's not that many cakes that are that revered and, and huh. fruitcake's one of them. And I don't like it. It's like a real tear. Tug well, of war. I think that's a good, that's a good use of fruitcake is to just put it in a museum. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to change your mind. I know I am. One of you for sure. It's just as edible a hundred years ago as it is today. It fossilizes (laughs) so beautifully along with the layer of marzipan and the layer of fondant, you know. (laughs) But Rich, I'm giving it a chance for sure. I'll give it an honest chance. I'm not going to just hate on it because I hate on the whole concept. Okay, good. good. I I will be fair. fair shot. I think it's good to have something to hate too, just so you know. Like what <laughs> when when True got reviewed by the Tribune, we got four stars, but they hated one of the paintings. They hated the Peter Halley painting on the wall. It's like it's big <laughs> chartreuse and orange painting that's like ten feet square. It's massive. And Rich Melman, who is my partner, came to me after the review came out. He's like, Gail, Gail, should we get rid of the Peter Halley? Because they hated it so much. And I said, no, 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 no. You want to keep it. 
because you need to give them something to hate. If they don't have a Hallie to hate, they're going to have to find something else. They're going to start picking on dessert. So like, no, no, let's control (laughs) what they hate. So maybe that's yeah. maybe that's what fruitcake is. It's like we have the thing yeah. we know we don't like. Things can be flawless, but nothing can be perfect. Well, I feel a sense of stability. <laughs> <laughs> so another holiday, another very popular holiday dessert, the Kringle. How do you feel about the Kringle? Is that a, is that a good you one? You know, that's a regional thing for me too. Um, okay. So yeah. I just feel a slight sense of betrayal here. I like the idea of Kringle, but they don't keep their textural integrity for very long so they're often Mm -hmm. soggy by the time you get them and i'm not i'm not totally on board with the ratio of filling to crust to icing i think it ends up being too much icing not enough filling i think we need an explanation of what a kringle is because like you said it's a very regional thing and when i live uh, on the other side of the country you never saw it Actually, and they, they've started to distribute them like like Trader Joe's. Um, oh. We were in Denver and, and Trader Joe's was shipping in Kringles from Wisconsin. And we're like, no way. And so we bought like way too many of them. Of course, they charge way too much for them. How, but, how was it? Um, like, was it better? Because Trader Joe's is really good at, you know, getting yeah, the it, best it, of the best. It was really good. Um, it was, I'm trying to remember which brand it was. Um, I'll have to go back. We Racine, pictures, Racine course. Kringle, isn't it? Racine. Yeah, I just I yeah. they're right right on yeah, ninety four. As I go up to go strawberry picking, I go right by them. Yeah, we bought okay. a bunch of almond ones, and they were really good. Um, and they they shipped very well. But uh, you know, nothing can beat like right out of the yeah. you know oven, just ready to go. You know, it's like they because I agree, like ones in the grocery store that are just kind of mass produced and not really cared about. They do get soggy. Yeah, I think that's and, the problem. You know, like, I don't I don't go to the source, and I really should road trip. Yeah, road there we trip. go. <laughs> Either that or I was going to say, in, in the box, Gail, there'll be a Racine Kringle and a fruitcake. So, <laughs> okay. I'm going to get a fresh, I'm going to call him and say, I need fresh a fresh candy. one right out of the oven in the box and I'm shipping okay. it. So. <laughs> I'm, you will get one. Wow. My list. Okay. Maybe, maybe we don't even ship it. Maybe we just drive it down. It's like, let's just get this Porch drop yeah. off. Porch drop off. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Well, Gail, I, it looks like we're 0 for 2, I feel like, on some very popular uh holiday holiday baking here uh but i know you had planned to uh, share with our guests today a uh recipe for a holiday version of something you have right um i thought it would be nice to do something that's shareable because this holiday season we're not really having people over for big gatherings you know it, this christmas everything's small smaller trees smaller get-togethers but maybe we're doing shareable uh, items that you can drop off at people's houses or mailboxes. So I thought this um, yeah. spiced almond brittle might be a nice thing that you could make and give as a gift, you know, break it up, make Great small idea. bags. So that was the idea of it. And it's, you know, sort of a, a riff on a traditional peanut brittle. Uh, I have a cinnamon peanut brittle in one of my books and I thought, well, what else can I do to make it more interesting? So I took out the cinnamon and replaced it with sort of more traditional fall pumpkin pie spices. So cinnamon, cardamom, ginger, um, just to, you know, give it a little more exotic flavor and then switched out the peanuts for almonds. There's a lot of peanut allergies out there, especially with kids. Um, And almonds are a little healthier for you. So am I hearing this is an original we're getting here today? First time? I, yes. I actually created awesome. this just for you guys, to be honest. This is Ooh. fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. This is great. And 
I think I'll actually teach it in a class. I'm doing a um, holiday shareable baking class next week with Eloa Farm. And I thought maybe this will be one of the things um, that I teach because it is, you know, you can make big batches of it. Um, so it's like a peanut brittle where you're going to be cooking uh, everything in a pot and then dumping it out onto either a sill pad or some kind of nonstick sheet pan, letting it cool Perfect. and then breaking it up. Um, but basically what you do to make it is in a saucepan, you're going to combine some water, the sugar, a little bit of cream of tartar to keep things from recrystallizing, a little bit of corn syrup for the same purpose. Um, and you're going to cook it on medium heat till it gets to about um, 340 degrees. So you're bringing it to a boil and then you're taking it further than that. So you're cooking off the water actually and getting some color in there. You want sort of like mm. a topazy color. should be a sort of light mm. golden brown. And as soon as it gets to that point, you need to pull it off the heat right away and work really quickly. Stir in those spices I talked about. We're going to add a little bit of butter to it as well to enrich it. Um, stir, stir, Yum. stir. Add your almonds. And, and I would toast them ahead of time before you get them in there. But whatever shape mm -hmm. almonds you like. So it can be whole ones, you know, unblanched, which is with the peel on, whole almonds blanched, slivers blanched, whatever you want, whatever you have. And then a little baking soda at the end. And that's what makes the whole thing kind of aerate and foam up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it gives it that sort of, um, it's not a spongy texture, but kind of like a, a lighter crunch when you're biting through it. It's not just like solid caramel. And then you're right. going to pour it out onto this sheet pan. And one of the tricks, if you like really thin brittle versus thicker brittle, is to heat that sheet pan first. So put it in oh. like a th 300 degree oven. Then once you pour the brittle onto it, it won't cool quite as quickly and you've got more time to sort of smear it thin. Um, but if that doesn't Great matter tip. to you, you can just put it onto a cold pan and do a thicker version, but you're kind of smearing it with the back of your spoon to try to get it, you know, spread out on the pan. Let it cool, it'll harden. Um, and then I like to wear gloves, which we all have now. We didn't used to, but um, I put gloves on like, you know, latex or some kind of plastic glove to break it up just so I don't get fingerprints in it as I'm breaking it up. And you'll want to get it into an airtight container like straight away because as you guys know, sugar is hygroscopic, which means it finds moisture and grabs it and it will get sticky pretty fast. So, you know, any free humidity in the air that the sugar can sense, it'll gather it together like the top of a lemon meringue pie. You know how it's always has like little mm. beads of moisture on there. Yeah. That's what's mm -hmm. going on. That's the sugar ah. doing its hygroscopic thing where it like finds humidity and pulls it together and makes little beads of moisture. So it'll do that. Huh. That's just what sugar does. Um, so you'll want to get it into something airtight, even a Ziploc bag, like straight away. So hmm. that's the recipe. Awesome. Wow, that sounds really good. And those tips, uh, uh, that, that and I'm trying. I'm trying this one. Yeah, hey. and I'm, I'm going to give you some feedback on my success or failure rate. <laughs> but speaking <laughs> of that, what what is someone? What's a person's biggest mistake that they make when they're doing a brittle? I think too, the butter in the recipe kind of helps um, the texture as well. But I think probably what I see the most is overcooking. People burn stuff. You know, sugar's super easy to burn. And right. um, I actually would go by color more than temp, but not everybody's got a thermometer. So wow. I would actually go by color. But um, what I do when I'm making caramels is I actually have like a white plate. And I will take a drop, like a stick my wooden spoon in the caramel, take a drop and put it onto the white plate 
and that will give you a much more accurate idea of what color it is. If you're looking at caramel two inches thick in a saucepan, it actually looks much darker than it really is. So if you mm. want to just get an accurate read, but you know, once it gets to the color you want, you got to work fast. So have everything right there ready. Like I'm making a batch of salted caramel sauce after I get off interviewing with you guys. Everything's set up right now downstairs. There's like eight sticks of butter already out of the wrappers. <laughs> the cream's all measured out. The you know everything's all measured. The salt's ready to go. The right wooden spoon is right there. There are not seconds to spare when you're making something that has to do with caramel. Do not take a phone call. You know, like <laughs> stay focused. Now that's that's a great tip across all of cooking. I think to have those things set. I mean, it's just it, it helps so much to have everything ready. But especially as you said, in something like this, that's really time sensitive. When it starts to cool, it's going to it's going to go right. Or you, yeah, you. Well, yeah. It has to be like a dance you're familiar with. Um, you know, I teach mm-hmm. all these cooking classes online, and my kitchen sisters' cooking school classes are cook along. So we send the recipes out a week in advance so people can assemble their equipment and their ingredients and shop and everything. But my Facebook Live ones are not because I don't know what I'm making till I wake up that morning a lot of times. And I have a woman that we've become friends now through it. Her name is Becky, and she treats it like a cook-along. So like yesterday, I was doing Boston cream cupcakes. So it's like Boston cream pie, but cupcakes, right? She cooks along with me like trying to keep, it's like a game for her. Like as I announce what I'm making, she starts running to get pans and flour out. And by the end of the class, she's like, (sighs) and she'll post, she sends me a picture of like, made it to the end. And she, she will have made the recipe of whatever I'm making from start to finish. It's miraculous. I don't know how she does it. That's funny. funny. Doing a recipe or doing any baking or something that requires your attention span, like doing a caramel or, or working with sugar. It's really very meditative, and it allows you to live in the moment. So I like that. You know, don't take any phone calls. You just <laughs> block everything else. You know, nothing else can bother you in life when you are focusing on not burning sugar. And also, I mean, there's been all this research now that baking helps promote mental health. And part of it's what you're talking about, this sort of focus that you have to have while you're doing it. It actually sort of relaxes your brain, and you excrete pheromones or something that help you sort of have a sense of well-being also by making something and then giving it to someone else there's some altruistic aspects that that also is good for mental health um and then there's the whole like you know when you're baking something it's like a story that has a very specific beginning middle and end and you can't like switch those parts around and so there's a sense of comfort and order, especially if you're a person like me with a little OCD, you feel like, you know, things are as they should be in order. It feels very in control. Things are, you know, ingredients react consistently. Um, so it, there's a lot of mental health promotion going on. Not to say that I'm terribly sane, but I'm a lot more <laughs> sane than if I wasn't a pastry chef. <laughs> uh, and I guess that kind of makes sense why people took to baking over you know, quarantine, you know, is that we need to provide ourselves with sanity. Uh, so I, I, do you mean K N E A D need or <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. You know, it, baking, baking became this huge, I mean, Google did a chart of what the most searched terms were baking and they were all baking terms. People were like looking up sourdough, looking up brioche, like they had a whole mm. new lexicon 
of language that people were Googling that they hadn't really before. Some of it was we had time to fill. You know, I, I have time to make pickles, whereas I didn't before. Or I thought, mm, I, right. I, thought I didn't. Um, but yeah, I think there's something, you know, it's very tactile. It's, there's nurturing involved. Um, there's creativity. It's, it's got everything. It's like New York's hottest club, you know, just baking has everything <laughs> really. And it tastes good. I mean, at the and it connects yeah. you with people in a time when we're having trouble figuring out how to connect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gail, I, I know this is a busy time for you and I know you got your caramel waiting. So we are <laughs> going to be respectful of that. And just thank you once again for uh, being a guest on our show today. You're just a, a fun person to talk to. You great uh, insight and and a lot of super interesting stuff, but just fun uh, to talk to. So we really appreciate you being here with us again today. And thank you for the recipe, the almond brittle. We'll, we'll I know we're going to make that, and uh, I think mm-hmm. we're yeah. sending it out next week here with our company to our salespeople. I think we're going to put something together there for them. So oh, thank great. you again for that. Sure, thank you and for having tips. on and. You know, being interested in my random thoughts. Sometimes I don't even know what I think till you guys ask me. So it's kind of nice <laughs> to have a place to articulate it and be like, huh, yeah, that, you know, that is what I mean. So thank you. <laughs> do do we have a, a, I know we asked you for a quote on the last show and you gave us um, one from your dad. I think it was um, right when you told him how you were going to go into the world of cooking versus um uh, I forget what you're looking at when you're going to school at that point, but I, I remember was it was silver it was... and goldsmithing. I was a goldsmith, right? Yeah. And and do you, and he mentioned it was the quote at that time. I think it was do it for the love and not the money. And I I think of that quote a lot because I I think sometimes that's a hard thing for people to do once you start making money in a career to to shift gears and think about doing it for the love instead. But do you have another uh, quote you could share with our listeners as far as things that, or do we get you off guard on that one? Yeah, let me think. I'm trying to think what else my dad taught me. <laughs> they all come from my dad. Um, Mine too. You know, the the main one I always say is always wear comfortable shoes because that makes all the difference in the kitchen. <laughs> you, you talk about the long hours we put in. You're right. That's a good one. Wear comfortable shoes. Gail, thank you again. Best of luck to you on everything here. Happy holidays to you. Safe, healthy, happy, joyous holiday season. Thank you. And uh, get to your caramels. (laughs) All right. Thank you again. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, Justin, once again, does not disappoint, right? What a great episode. Yeah. Just a lot of fun. (laughs) She is. She's just just fun. Yeah. Just and insightful and witty and, you know. Really, just an all-around awesome person, uh, fantastic guest as as always, and I see her coming back uh, again and again. But all right, with as storied of a career as she's had, and and as much of of a really a rock star in in her field that she is, uh, mm-hmm. just to be so so humble and right. down to earth, you know, you know is, that, is refreshing. Right when she was talking about, um, you know how. It's so satisfying to to sh- to share things at this time of year, right? That's a thing I think where a lot of people. I, when she said that, I, I I was nodding my head like, yeah, I get it. You know, I mean, like that 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 feels good. You make something, you share it with others. It's kind of like mm. when we think about quotes again. Uh, yeah, Chef Yeah, when he said, you know, when you have yeah. say this is mine, or you say this is ours. It's that that feeling right. you get when you when you share things. And and the recipe yeah. she gave us today will be great one. You make a big batch and you can break it up, tie it in a little gift packets and give it to your neighbors or friends or mm-hmm. whomever. So that, all that's just 
I think bakers are, at some level, uh, there's uh, they have altruistic characteristics because who really bakes just for one? True. Uh, you know, not yeah. a lot. You know, because no, it, it's it's effort. It's effort and time. Mm-hmm. You're doing it, yeah, for yourself to enjoy, but mostly to share with others. Mm-hmm. Now is a time of year more than any to to really share and spread the love. You know, it sounds maybe it's a little hokey, a little cheesy, and a little cliched, but. Yeah, you know, it does. We do all feel better when we're sharing with others. Right. I was also happy to hear when she uh, she used the term schmear because I've often wondered if that's an official <laughs> term, and now I know it is. So <laughs> it's 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 canon now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So, Justin, any uh, any last thoughts to wrap up the show then today? As we say, absolutely. Yes, I would like to remind everyone, please. Click that subscribe button so you don't miss another moment with a chef or industry professional again. We got lots of great tips, tricks, interesting conversations that go on and useful for all walks of life, not just in the kitchen. We would also greatly appreciate if you could leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. There's always room for improvement and we would like to get your feedback on that. Perfect, perfect. And you can reach out to us at that volratfoodservice.com slash the feed if you have anything there for us we'd appreciate it and i think to end the show this week i think we'll just simply sign off by saying thanks everybody for this this year uh happy healthy safe joyous holiday season to you all take care